0: we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. This week, we give you the best of the NBA bubble rules, the NBA and the NFL's new rules of engagement involving COVID, Patrick Mahomes getting a 10-year contract extension worth over $150 million, a godfather deal possibly in the wings for Greg Popovich to a different NBA team, along with the Washington franchise changing their official name, the NFL Washington team. But before I get into it, let me go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex. Mohammed, say something for that.
1: Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners out there. Um, hopefully, you're all safe. And uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Oh,
0: yeah. Press subscribe as sports will get even more exciting as these uh, weeks come about. Uh, what Today, we begin with the Washington franchise. And I'll go ahead and say the franchise name they have now, which is quite racist. But it is the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, as it has been known for a couple of decades here. Um, so uh, this team has been known by that nickname for a couple of decades. And has been really uh, steadfast on not changing the nickname, even though it has come off um, as racist to a certain demographic of America, um, whether that be Native Americans or uh, others all the way around. Uh, So I'll go ahead and ask, is the name change about the movement, Black Lives Matter and all of that, or the money?
1: Well, as far as the companies who are invested in the reds I mean, (laughs) the team (laughs) in Washington, it's, it's more about the money and the time that we're living in right now. They, they know that it's not good for business and they want to make as much money as possible. So getting rid of that name is the best thing right now um, as far as the sponsors. But I think that uh, people in the Native American community, they've always been upset with that name. And we've always got some type of survey back from the owner of the team saying, oh, this is it, the majority of The Native Americans, they're fine with the name, so I'm going to keep it. And I never want to change it. But I'm not sure how he feels about that now. But um, a lot of people are pushing him.
0: Yeah, that was a fixed vote. Um, I know which one you're referring to It was a couple of years ago. I think it might have been 2017 uh, when it really picked up some speed that they wanted to change this nickname because it came off racist. And just to kind of give you a little back history on why that nickname because I'll go ahead and refer to it just to go ahead and give you the back history on what redskins mean. Um, A lot of people would think that it means they have a reddish skin tone or an oak-like skin tone to Native Americans. That is not what this actually means. Uh, What it came about when the U.S. government wanted to extend their tor- territories into more Indian land. So they would license people who were a part of the United States Army to kill Native Americans and to have proof to get paid for these killing these Native Americans, they would bring back their scalps. They would cut them at the forehead across the scalp and bring back their pony ponytail along with their scalp. And the skin that Folded out when they scalped these Native Americans was killed back and it looked red, which is where they got redskins from, which is a derogatory derogatory term for pretty much somebody I can hunt down, cut off your uh, the top of your scalp.
1: Yeah, it's a terrible name, and it's really sad that it's taken this long to push this name out of the way. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, it's definitely not about the movement. It it is being caused by the movement, but it's not about the movement. It's about money, and it's really about Nike taking down their uh, merchandise off of their website, which then reflects the the dollars, Uh, because we're part of a now a cancel cancel culture. The Washington franchise, NFL Washington franchise does not want to be a part of that council culture, along with the other franchises attached to them. So this is a whole lot more to do about the money when it comes to the franchise, but the change is happening due to the movement.
1: Yeah, definitely. The movement has definitely pushed this forward. And I think that a lot of better things will come out of this.
0: Yeah. Agreed. So uh, I'll go ahead and ask, uh, what's some great name ideas for this NFL Washington team?
1: Um, I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm really not sure. Uh, Maybe they get some type of uh, name from some of the other teams around them, like maybe the Wizards or I think the Nationals, something similar to those names.
0: Well, I say if they didn't have a problem with the name before, then why don't they go ahead and be the Caucasians? Of course. Well,
1: that's that, that that's not gonna happen.
0: Of course, that's a joke there, but that's just uh, pointing at the ir- irony that they didn't feel there was a problem with this. So, if they do still underground think there is no problem with this name, why not become ca- be called the Caucasians because it is a majority owned by. Caucasian men but you know that wouldn't actually happen but to be more serious I I would say um this is kind of messed up but I wouldn't want to steal the XFL name the defenders
1: yeah it was a DC defenders I mean that 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 wouldn't be bad it's
0: it's just it's just it sounds real bad to be jocking their style but It was a great name idea, and we don't see the the XFL coming back. So I would say, hey, let me throw you a couple few hundred thousand to get this name off you. uh, If I was talking to the XFL, they're not getting a million for that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, they they don't have to steal that name. There's plenty of other names that they can come up with um, where they don't have to pay some money.
0: (laughs) True, but I, I'm finding it kind of hard because I think people are, even if it's a name change, they want to kind of associate it with what is already offensive in a way. It's kind of like, hey, well, let's still try to, uh, now let's promote the Native Americans in a positive way. But realistically, any way they do it is going to come off derogatory. Um, can't be the Indians, can't be the, like, it, it's just, it's just, not many ways to change this only slightly. You have to pretty much change it completely, but create still that fan base of uh, um, fandom.
1: Well, I think that the the Washington football team they are pretty bad right now. They didn't have too many people in the in the stands last season. So, I don't think too many people will mind a, a name change. It'll kind of dissociate them from all the losing. Well, I actually
0: because I just because I have a lot of Maryland friends, uh, Maryland, BC, Virginia friends. There there are still Redskins fans out there. Like if I didn't know such an a large assortment of that area type people, I would think there wasn't Redskin fans out there, but they actually do exist. They actually are quite strong and they are quite proud of the whole name and culture and what they do, the chants and everything which is completely derogatory, but I know they are completely against social injustice and they are on the side of that change. It's just it has to still be catchy. It still has to be associated with what they view their football team as being
1: It can be catchy, but i say just stay away from any type of Native American or Indian type of name. Just go completely the other way. Stay away from that.
0: That's why I'm sorry, but the quickest thing I can think of that does not turn people off, I I think right now, is the D.C. Defenders. Whichever way you want to do that. Like, it could be – you can go the Patriot way. You can go the whole – uh, America, where the defender is the uh, District of Columbia type of way. You can go many different ways about that, but outside of that, like you can't make any nickname close to Native American, which is gonna be a problem.
1: Um, I mean, they could do some type of bird. I don't know.
0: <laughs> then they're gonna feel like they're the Cardinals or something like that. They, they are like I do think if there's a bad name change there will be backlash. Not not bad as in derogatory or offensive. I actually think that would be more accepted than a bad name change that people just don't like.
1: Well, I think one team that you can think of is the Pelicans. I mean, nobody liked that name, but then, I mean, it's everybody's got used to it and nobody's really arguing about it anymore.
0: True, but how far has the Pelicans gone? Or, like i just don't see anybody saying they're a Pelicans fan. I think they would even say they're a New Orleans fan before they would say a Pelicans fan and that and they're actually referring to basketball.
1: Well, I mean it, it'll stick just change it to something else
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, they're they're gonna be forced to at this point uh, but I'll move it along to the ginormous contract that even details have started to come out as we've been airing. Uh, it has gone from saying that his contract is over $150 million to now being confirmed that Patrick Mahomes has now landed in a contract extension with the Chiefs for 10 years. $503 million. Half a billion dollars. The biggest contract, even when it was at $150 million along with them Locking him in for an additional 10 years. So with a $503 million 10 year contract, is this too much to put into one person?
1: If it's going to be anybody, it would be him because he has had a whole bunch of success with his uh, three year career. Like this guy has been amazing ever since he started. Um, so I think it's well-deserved. Um, now, this could end up being bad in a way because, I mean, you can compare this to a baseball contract. Most times those players don't really pan out whenever they pay them that huge contract. But with Patrick Mahomes and looking with the way that the game has gone with protecting the quarterback, I think this was a huge and great investment.
0: Uh-huh see that but who knows what's gonna happen in 10 years like
1: it's actually 12 more years
0: but it's an extension right so
1: he already
0: had two years on it and then they put 10 10 on top of that
1: yeah so he'd be like 36 37 by the time it's over
0: so they said we want you for life now (laughs) i i that's what they're saying, because right? this is the life of a quarterback. And uh, some of those are shorter than that amount. The the heydays, like it can be an injury. I think that what's going to be really be key is guaranteed money. That's what's going to prove to be whether this is a good contract or a bad contract. It's all going to be about guaranteed money. Now, if even half of that is guaranteed, it's a bad contract. I, I can't, I can't give you... A decade of guaranteedness. There could be anything that happens in even just the next three years, and you have seven years of still paying this man. So I, I think it's really going to come down to the guaranteed money. And I do think this is too much to put into one person when you do have to fund the rest of the field.
1: Yeah, but I think the, um, what do you call it? The uh, salary cap will ex- extend more, so you'll be able to put that money in other places. But also, he has the injury guarantee, which is $140 million. And then uh, it says $477 million in guarantees. $477 <laughs> so, million? Yeah. Uh, I man. mean, but that's the number that people are throwing out. Nothing is completely confirmed, but yeah, yeah. They, they put a whole bunch of money into him.
0: That ain't that's just that ain't just putting it in. That's like uh, you're literally putting all chips in. You don't care. And I understand they are really they're feeling good. They just won a Super Bowl. He could have won and possibly won a Super Bowl the first year he was uh there as a starter. So I, I definitely understand it. I, I definitely understand the feeling, but good God almighty, um sheesh. That's a lot to put into one person. And we've seen these contracts end up a whole lot, not even these contracts. This is um, this is unprecedented uh, when it comes to the amount for the NFL. But I would say this is hopeful thinking on the part of the NFL and the Chiefs that the salary cap will expand, especially with what's going on with the COVID situation and already talks of a reduction in a salary cap so either way I think the, the Chiefs are happy either way honestly I think they are full wholeheartedly confident behind their decision and there's really not many signs to tell them otherwise so I guess pulling the trigger they didn't have to they could have played cat and mouse, uh a, a little bit of uh, hard to get but they, they were really ready to throw in the ring
1: Yeah, I say, why not? I mean, he's already won you a Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's the uh, he's been a league MVP. I I say, why not? I mean, he's pretty much deserved it at this point. And there's also a no trade clause. So he can't be traded and he can get out of the contract if he wants to somewhere. they, They reported that.
0: So it goes down with the ship. If if he goes down, if he goes down, they go down which eh, I'm not too uh, object to, but it does beg the next question. Could you see any current player in the NFL coming close to Mahomes deal?
1: Close. Um, hmm. It would have to be one of those kind of very good passers. Who's also a dual threat, just like he is. Um, so, um, I mean, many many people would point to Lamar Jackson, but it's it's hard to see somebody putting that much money into him just because of all the, the hits he just might take over his career. I mean, you just look at Cam Newton, how he has ended up, and it's been about 10 years, I think. Um, so... Eh. Maybe Deshaun Watson, but I don't even know. His offensive line isn't that great. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just set up so well. He has all the weapons. He has a great offensive-minded coach. And just, he just has everything, really. So it's hard to see anybody else getting close to this deal.
0: Yeah, I I can definitely agree. Um, But you know how the the NFL trends. uh, When one contract happens, it trends that the other one, Uh, has to come close or surpass it because they feel they're better than that next player. We all know it ain't many, if any players in the NFL that you can say is better than Patrick Mahomes, and really the only person you can kind of say close is is Lamar Jackson because of the things he's done, the accuracy, and he's a better runner because it's really just uh, picking out little things when it comes between those two because they are the same type of quarterback, but at the same time not, um, that the only person who could come close to this type of contract is Lamar Jackson, and I don't see him getting no more than six years. Six years is going to be a max on, on a contract that they would give Lamar Jackson. I can see it averaging out to the same amount per year, though, uh, which looks like about 50 million, 50-point uh, blah, 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 Uh, Per year. And I can see Lamar getting that, especially when uh, Dak Prescott is out here trying to get 40 mil a year.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see Lamar Jackson getting that type of contract. Um, It
0: won't be 10 years, though, just to uh, interject. Sorry. No,
1: no, 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 I I definitely don't think it'll be 10 years. I mean, he's a kind of half and half type of quarterback, that dual threat. You know, he's running and passing. Um, so you just don't know how many hits he's gonna take. So you don't want to put that much um, money for that long.
0: It sounds so bad, but I think Lamar Jackson is underrated. Like he's constantly been slightly underrated, but over. Like it's it's a weird combination with uh, Lamar Jackson because I think he is still at his core, even though he just won the MVP, just went to, uh, almost went to a Super Bowl. All of those things. He is
1: still
0: underrated
1: wait a minute wait a minute you said almost went to a super Bowl is, is that what you just said? I
0: know that that happened the the playoffs and whatever like
1: yeah he didn't I'll, I'll he play hasn't play. won a game yet. you can't say he's almost won a super Bowl
0: Almost went to a super Bowl.
1: how he hasn't won a playoff game yet who did
0: they put? didn't they play win one last year? Nope.
1: They, they nope. had a buy nope. and then they lost. No, they. they, No, last year they played in the first round, lost to the Chargers, and then this past year they had a bye and then lost to the Titans.
0: Yeah, history sounds about right, but still, I still think he's underrated all the way around. Uh, But how many Super Bowls will you will make this contract worth every penny?
1: I would say four, four Super Bowl rings. Um all MVPs. Uh maybe four or five more in, um, League MVPs. So in, in all, he has to win four Super Bowls um and four League MVPs. Has,
0: including the one he has? The yes.
1: Already yes. has
0: one? Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. not not additional. Okay. I would say in total, including the ones he already have, M V P trophy and um and along with a Super Bowl ring he needs three rings that's all he needs. there was an extreme drought when it came to the Chiefs I think they're overly ecstatic right now really I think they're they're they wouldn't be happy if he got one more and they would count it as a success to be real but to make it worth it I would say three three over a span of 12 years I know Tom Brady and the whole franchise of the Patriots have set that standard so high, Uh, but I think three. Three is going to be more than enough for them to be happy. Uh, A Super Bowl, two off years, uh, let's say one year, this may be one year you fall off and you just kind of rotate it around after you get through 12 years, four sets of those. That's about three rings. And he may be able to pull out a a back-to-back here. That would probably put him at four, though.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we're just about the same. I I think that, yeah, three or four would be worth it. it. I mean, this is a huge contract, um, but he deserves it. I mean, he's already done so well, and they think that they have so much time ahead of themselves. Um, they just have to capitalize on it now with all these weapons.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I know the salary cap is expanding Um, maybe there will be room for him to get even more as these contractors continue to grow Uh, but to move on to another subject with the NFL and there some of the protocols they will be looking to enforce once play has started back in the NFL uh, which is the NFL face mask rule that will now be trying to implement so uh, with this rule they are going to look to require every player to wear a face mask to prevent spread of COVID. Uh, So will this new rule be fair to all players?
1: Now, when you say face mask, describe this face mask.
0: (laughs) Shield, shield. Let me make it more, uh, define more shield because everybody has a face mask, but a shield across your eye area, like a, a shield, whether it be clear, color, or whatever.
1: Okay. I mean, I have no problem with that. I'm pretty sure a lot of players wouldn't mind. Um, Maybe it'll get a little bit foggy because of um, the heat coming from your breath. Uh, Maybe that'll get in the way. But I think for the most part, players will feel more safer just um, having that shield.
0: I think it's kind of stupid. Um, Because first, I don't think it's uh, fair to all players. There's been players who've gone years after years after years without shields. And even with me knowing playing football, there's a difference between wearing a shield and not wearing a shield. And there's an adjustment phase. Like you have to kind of just get aware with kind of being in a bowl in a way. It's it's a a small amount of disconnect between having that shield and not having that shield. You can you can lead to having to wipe it off, Uh, just like you said, fogging up and all of those things. And I just don't see how that prevents COVID from spreading when literally your mouth is exposed. I I don't get are we shielding from it getting in people's eyes. It just doesn't make full sense to me on why you would require a uh, shield when if the person already has COVID. I'm pretty sure the shield is not going to keep it from being spread.
1: Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I feel like they should make some type of uh, adjustment to the helmet where it kind of covers up the the front part of the face mask, but you have the bottom open so they can still get that air out. Um, That might restrict the breathing a little bit, but I'm not sure about that.
0: Yeah. So you actually led to the next question, which is, uh, do you see the NFL employing any other new uniform rules that could hurt players' performance?
1: Well, there's one right there. Like I said, um, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. putting that <laughs> exactly, ex- there you go. <laughs> extending that shield on the face mask, but still leaving the bottom part open so they can uh, get that, that their breaths out and still breathe in some cleaner air. Um, it, I mean, it. I think it will restrict their air some, but you'll you'll still be better off. Um, and I'm not sure what else they, they can do. Maybe they have them. Uh, Cover up all skin uh, when they're playing. I'm not sure, but it's it's just going to be difficult to play.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I just think any of these rules are just unrealistic. Along with the idea that football can be played, um, because they're going to try to implement these different rules, but they're just going to not make sense not to what they're trying to accomplish. Because there's two. Two things you have to accomplish in these rule changes or uniform changes is first, can the players actually play in these things? Can they breathe? Can they move? Can they have the same advantage that they had without it? Which is, can will lead to a large amount of complaints, issues and dealing with fairness in, of, of the rules. Uh, then you have... Uh, just whether it works at all, whether whether this actually would work for COVID, and it honestly doesn't even make sense it, with the Shield as mouth, the mouth area is clearly going to be open, and you're clearly yelling at people. And if you did implement something that did cover a mouth, you're restricting breath in a sport that takes all the breath you need. So it deals with another advantage issue.
1: Well, when it comes to advantages, everybody will be wearing it, so everybody's at a disadvantage.
0: <laughs> well, not always, because that, that's where I, why I uh, said the first question, is it fair with the shields? Now, the mask, yes. Yeah, that would be because nobody's had that rule. But the people who've had shields will have a leg up. The people who are used to it, never had a problem with shields, will have a will have a leg up. And the people who've always had an issue with a shield or had some like instances where they'd be like, you know what, I just don't like it. They're going to be in an adjustment phase that will deal with unfairness.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of people are going to be um, trying to get used to this new shield thing. Um, <laughs> it might not <laughs> even last.
0: Could like, could you imagine Drew... not Drew Brees, but... Uh, yeah, I can say Drew Brees. Drew Brees or Tom Brady wearing a shield, uh, but you see Lamar wearing a shield. Do you, which one, like... I don't think it's a disadvantage to Lamar at all, because I think he's worn a shield before. And even if not, he can actually, he's pretty good. I think I've seen him with a shield before. I don't think I've ever seen Drew Brees or Tom Brady uh, with a shield, which could completely mess up with your vision, your awareness, uh, what's around. It's, It's a lot that goes into that type of spatial awareness, especially at quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's another way to think about it those those quarterbacks, I mean, that's really going to affect their, um, their peripheral, especially, I mean, depending on what type of face mask. Um, and, but it's going to be how many really difficult. Do you go through before
0: you, sorry. And how many shields do you go through before you find the right one? Like, oh, uh, maybe I wanted an attendant one, but that didn't work out for me for this game. Oh, now I'm going to try a clear one, but you know what? This never stays. I always got to wipe it or it, it's, it's just, I don't think in general, the idea of NFL this year is going to be realistic, but with them trying to do it, which they're going to try, you're going to see a lot of issues with those things.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, um, but it's an adjustment phase, and they just got to do it.
0: Agreed, agreed. So do you think the NFL stadium, stadiums will be willing to redesign seating and food business to cope with the COVID situation?
1: Well, I'm not sure if they really have to redesign the stadium. I think they just need to space out people. Um, I mean, a lot of people are going to be afraid to come anyway, so you're not going to get too many fans to come in. But you're just going to have to space out a whole bunch of people. Um, It's it's really not going to work with a a packed stadium. And, I mean, there's just so much uncertainty.
0: I completely agree. Um, I do think they do have to redesign. It is going to be an absolute requirement to redesign because they have to show that they are trying an effort to reduce a spread of COVID, um, which is going to reduce like a large amount of things. These are group sports, even if as a fan. So let's say you go with a a family of five, now you're spreading them, what, four seats apart? That's a whole section. I, I, in a way, I just, Don't know how the NFL will cope with this totally, especially with the food business. As a lot of this food is given to you without coverings. You have uh, the people who walk, uh, running, not running stands, but walk the stairs, and they yell out to you, "Hey, what food you want?" Or they throw it to you, or you pass it down, or you. It's a large amount of issues along with these things, especially food-wise and seating.
1: Yeah, um, hopefully they go through some simulations to try to figure out this thing because you can't just show up on game day and hope it all works out.
0: And that throws into a whole another project on top of their projects of just trying to accomplish the game. As you've seen has happened with the NBA and they have less issues with that. They they deal with less amount of people. They can actually be in one spot versus having 100 players, staff and everybody per team across the nation in an open field. So it's, I just think it's grim for the possibility of NFL really starting back. But if it does start back, the NFL is looking at possibly asking fans to sign a COVID waiver. Is there any game worth that non suitable risk?
1: No, not at all. I mean – What do you really gain? I mean, the team isn't going to win any more with you there. Um, And you probably (laughs) you probably get a better view from your couch if you unless you have a whole bunch of money and you can sit like front row or something. So there's absolutely no reason to go out there as a fan. Um, Only if you're related to somebody on the team. I guess that helps. But other than that, I would not risk it.
0: Mm. And I was uh, asked this question this way. Is kind of like whether you could possibly identify something in the schedule that might make you want, at least tempt, possibly think about uh, signing that COVID waiver. There's nothing realistic that's going to make me sign that COVID waiver. But in the imaginary world, I would say free tickets to the Super Bowl would be one that I might sign that waiver for. And that's, that's really – it would take a whole lot of thinking and me considering – and the fact that it's free for me to actually do that, too.
1: Well, you know, they're not doing that. I mean, you're still you're paying exactly. for that regular season ticket. Exactly. No, they're not giving away Super Bowl tickets that I mean, maybe for like some like a couple of people. But no, not for anybody who just signs a waiver.
0: Sure. So do you feel the NFL has the right to ask fans to sign a COVID waiver.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, you have to basically notify them that you are at risk if you do come out here and uh, sit in the stands. I think that's with any facility for the most part, especially right now. Um, I don't think most businesses have had people sign any type of waivers saying that they could be exposed. Um It's I think it's completely justified.
0: Okay, so with that same thinking, do you think it's uh, okay for the NFL to sue an individual if they sign the COVID waiver and they are a source of COVID?
1: I would say no. Um, The only way that you can sue them is if they knowingly had it coming into your stadium. Like if they had tested positive, got their results, let's say. A day or two before or whatever and then they come into the stadium and then they spread that junk okay yeah you have a case there but other than that no you can't sue them
0: true but i, I do think they're going to slip in some things like that uh because it's probably going to be more like an all-inclusive thing that you don't want to sit there and fully read and before you know it, you've given away your rights and possibly uh <laughs> The right to be sued, also, which I think they would definitely try to do, especially with any backlash for groups of people getting COVID, they will chase it down.
1: Yeah, but I, it's it's not justified at all.
0: Agree, agree. Uh, from a public standpoint, I agree. um so I'll move on to which is another problem with the NFL and a COVID situation. The NFL PA has taken a vote recently um, due to the NFL voting down to have two preseason games left with this upcoming season. As the Players Association wants no games at all for the preseason, who do you think wins this battle?
1: I think that the NFL PA wins this battle because um, right now there's a huge countdown to the NFL season and they're running out of time. I would say from my point of view, nobody's really properly prepared and uh, playing more games is just not going to be the smart move. Um, I mean, it'll be sloppy during those first few weeks whenever, I mean, if it does happen for football, but Um, you reduce the risk of things being shut down before they even start.
0: I agree. Completely agree. And it's just, I am not optimistic about either one of these leagues, even if they were to find a way to get these to start, it's about continuing it and finishing it, uh, whether it be the NFL or the NBA. Um, So there's, I'm really hopeful that the NBA makes it all the way through. I think there's absolutely no way the NFL makes it through a full season. But uh, if rosters can't be filled due to COVID, would you want to see players from off the streets or a lesser league get a chance at saving the season?
1: Um, Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, if these guys can come in and, uh, not be positive for uh, the the virus, then, yeah, I mean, bring them in. Uh, The NFL can work with non-stars to a certain point, but the NBA can't because they have stars who run the league. The NFL does too, but everybody follows their team. Um, And for the most part, everybody sticks to their team. They're loyal to them, um, to a fault. And, I think the NFL could still succeed even with replacement players.
0: Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Um, it will look a little sloppy, but that's honestly the only chance I, I give the NFL. It's opening up to a bigger market of lesser talented players. Um, like a on a call type of player. Hey, <laughs> Yeah, it sounds bad, yeah. Like, hey, uh, we need five players in this week. Um, can you play this position? I know you ain't played in two months or five months or two years, but, hey, you want to come out and play? You will have the uh, threat of COVID and getting hurt, but you maybe have a little fame out here. I think people take it. I think men take it, of course, because this is all about men. It's not really any women going out there, not to be sexist in any way, but – the real demographic is going to be males of a certain type and age.
1: Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. There's going to be plenty of guys. I mean, they're already waiting right now. (laughs) They're just waiting on that call.
0: (laughs) agree. I think there's a whole whole market of people who they can actually call. The XFL. They just got done. They're actually the most uh, prepped in a way, even though the season has been a while. It's been a good while, a long while. They are the most prepped for continuing the season because they're the last ones to kind of play organized football.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, but they are on the lower level. But, I mean, they better get out there the and street. play. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry, but they're better off the, off the street, bro. <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. They're going to be better than me out here uh, catching cramps in the second quarter
1: then <laughs> we get over it <laughs> yeah
0: but uh i think their best hope is to look at expanding a extended market for players and simply as soon as they find out other players whether their stars are not making them sit out whether it influences a record over a season or not because i think that's going to be Honestly, if they do get this to all go through, they find enough rules and not getting in the spread enough or have a system where they can seep out the people who do get it. They're still going to deal with people saying it's an unfair advantage to losing players or using certain equipment.
1: Yeah, um, but they, they really got to get on the ball and they have to extend these rosters because they do have like, well, they cut it down to like 53. That's just not going to work at this time.
0: Agree. You're going to have to expand this amount and deal with some less professional football. It's just what it is, or we're going to deal with no football at all. Uh, But I'll move it to the NBA as the Nets front office has some really big rumors coming out. Uh, Rumors about a godfather offer to Greg Popovich, the head coach of the Spurs and five time NBA head coach um, so with Greg Popovich's rep- reputation do you think pop would be a great fit for an unstable next team
1: I think Greg Popovich would be pretty good for the organization and running it pretty well probably getting it back on his feet but working with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant that that's probably gonna be his biggest challenge they're used to being the stars and kind of running their own show. Um, but Greg Popovich, he has never had those type of guys. I mean, they, really, they, they always fall in line. They, you don't hear too much from those players, the, the players that he used to coach. Um, so, I mean, they are the complete opposite of what Greg Popovich has uh, coached in the past. So I don't think this is a great coach fit, but it's better for the organization.
0: I completely agree. This is a a very good fit and reputation booster for that. But it doesn't seem to be the best fit for Greg Popovich. Uh, there's just a certain amount of things that just don't calculate with Greg Popovich type of personality that he's displayed. Uh, first, he's going to have to be living. He's going to have to live in New York. Brooklyn, New York. You don't have to stay in actually Brooklyn, but he has to stay in somewhat of the vicinity to just do the day-to-day of being a head coach. Um, So you have that. You have uh, have star players who went there to be the biggest thing around when Greg Popovich does not really – He doesn't really buy into those, you're a superstar, I'm going to treat you like a superstar, I'm going to treat you like any other player, be at practice at this time. It's not be there earlier than everyone because you set an example. He's that type of person. And I just don't think that's the type of criticism Kevin Durant or Kyrie wants in any way. Even if it was just that one statement, it would turn them against him.
1: Yeah, but I think Kevin Durant would be better. Like He would fall in line better than Kyrie Irving. (laughs)
0: agree agree I think he's more about the process I think Kyrie's in general over the NBA in general I think he's over the media I think he's over the public I think he's over the NBA completely and he really just needs to go ahead and retire like I really like Kyrie a whole lot I like him as a player I think he has a great talent he's not washed up like all of those factors but his mental is really directed towards I don't f with none of y'all and I really hate that I have to.
1: Dang. Trying to push that man into retirement? It, no, not, not yet.
0: Not sure for <laughs> any talent reasons, just due to his mindset. Has his not mindset not came off as, I, like, he's directly said he don't care what they think. He's directly said uh, a lot of these things. It's not even like I have to look that deep.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look, look like his mind has just been on basketball. Um, yeah, but he's
0: on the, starting a whole nother league, but sorry, go
1: ahead. He's the big thinker.
0: Yeah, agreed, because we covered that last time. I think he's a big idea. I want to give you an idea. You get it working. I don't really want to do all the work to do that. I can go out here and be a spokesman here and, uh, here and there, but I don't want to be responsible for getting this to actually go through. I think that's really where Kyrie fits in that type of equation.
1: Yeah. Um, so this Greg Popovich and um, Kyrie Irving yeah. <laughs> and Grant, that's just not going to work.
0: I, I can agree it could work. It should work, but due to what's in front of us right now, it probably wouldn't work. But If Popovich wanted to make that move, what do you think he should ask for in a Godfather
1: deal? I think that he should ask for minority owner of the team. (laughs) (laughs) A part of the team. I don't think (laughs) that's it.
0: Well I, actually, that is not a lot to ask, actually. Even though I said good guy. that's not a lot to ask. Because, now, majority, yes, that is a lot to ask. No, I'm minority team, minority I said my, or majority? Minority. Okay, okay, sorry. I thought you were saying majority, because I was like, that's not happening. Uh, he's not getting majority uh, ownership. That changes it into Greg Popovich's, Popovich's team, totally. Um, but Actually, they get, they already gave part of the franchise to KD, and I think they even gave a little bit to uh, Kyrie, but I, I definitely think they gave a part to KD already, so I don't think that's, I think that would come along with the Godfather deal, but since they want to go with the whole Godfather deal, that means it's a lot packaged in there. It's saying I, I get control of pretty much almost everything. He would need to be the GM. He needs to have control of uh, all drafting, all uh, changing of the the staff and everything. He would need to be the head coach also because I don't think he this will work as him just being the GM. And on top of that, yes, throw in some stock. And ah, you're just going to have to make my contract extremely high because y'all are an unstable franchise and I'm leaving unstable for- Stable for unstable, even though I don't see the Spurs making it pretty far in the next two years.
1: No, the Spurs don't really have too much right now. They're most likely not going to make the playoffs. And I think even if this deal did go down, it'll be very short, maybe three years.
0: Well, uh, dang, you cut it shorter than what the next question I have for it is. But in a (laughs) five-year span, (laughs) in a five-year span, how many championships do you think Pop could get with the Nets cast now?
1: I mean, they are a pretty talented team. Um, he would just have to put them together to work in the right way. And I think he could, but those... Uh, and let me, and let the, me change the, the
0: questions. Sorry, not how many they would get, but how many championships they would make it to. That's making it a little bit easier for him.
1: Okay, Um I say probably three. Um, Just on their their talent alone, they could probably make it there even without him. I mean, and he could probably put them to another level. But the dysfunction between um, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving trying to go head to head with Greg Popovich just might spoil some of those.
0: I actually completely agree. I would say three, but for different reasons. Um, I would say three because they're in the East and Greg Popovich has not been in the East. He's had to deal with the West in the West competition. Then you throw in pretty much the top talent of the East in the Nets. So uh, yeah, I would agree. Three three out of five. And here and there they just get beat out by maybe Giannis or Philly or Boston or some, some other team that's supposed to be there. Even maybe Toronto. Uh, but With them being in the East, I think, yes, he goes to at least three championships and wins maybe one out of those.
1: Yeah, I can definitely agree with those numbers, um, because most times teams don't really capitalize on what they projected to do.
0: Agree, definitely agree. Um, So to move along, involving the NBA bubble. Now it has come out with, of course, new uh, rules and things they're going to be implementing to keep from having COVID uh, spread throughout the NBA bubble in Orlando. Uh, Well, one of those new things that will be implemented is a NBA bubble ring. And let me say that, a NBA bubble ring. This is an actual ring, tech-wise ring, that they will be wearing on their finger It has not fully came up with all the specifics on whether it's taking their temperature, tracking them. But I'm thinking those would be two of the things that it includes in the reasoning why they would actually wear it dealing with COVID. Uh, So how do you think players will be penalized by breaking COVID bubble protocol?
1: I think that they will be sent to their room, just like if they were a child. Um, It's really that simple. (laughs) Um, I did look on ESPN just to see a little how they they're, they're kind of running the bubble. Um, people who enter the bubble, they're tested multiple times when they first get there, and of course they have to test negative. There's no contact with the person bringing their food. Um, they kind of knock on the door. That person leaves who brought the food, and and then the the um, the actual person who's receiving the food, they get it. So, I mean. Really, you, you don't see people much at all. And that's with just, um, I, I guess, when it's bedtime. But um, they'll be sent to their room.
0: <laughs> True, but I, I don't think there's any way they're going to prevent these players from hanging out together. Because it shouldn't be any problem with social distancing if we all don't have COVID. Right? And if we're sitting in there for three months, there's absolutely no way I'm not going to go hang out With the only people I can hang out with inside this bubble, so when it comes to the actual question, like how are they going to get penalized for? I think that's what
1: are you saying? Okay, I got it.
0: So I think that's just going to be hard to really dictate because. The only thing the players are going to respect is something that's going to penalize them when it comes to the actual game. And if you do that, then you don't deal with just the players saying this is unfair, it's affecting who gets the championship. You also deal with the media and the people outside the bubble, the fans, talking about being penalized for something off the court, on the court, and something being something as minuscule as Going through the wrong door or inviting in some girls or, you know, things like that, which is highly likely when you're being locked down for three months.
1: Well, I don't think they're going to be penalized for grouping up, but it wasn't the question about if they contract the virus, what would they do?
0: Uh, no, how do you No, I'll repeat the question. How do you think players will be penalized for breaking COVID bubble protocol?
1: Oh, OK, well. Um can you put it like that? I mean, it's not too much you can do. I mean, you can just point them in the right direction and just
0: <laughs> sir, <laughs> I mean, they are way. adults,
1: sir. They're adults.
0: <laughs> True, but that's the thing about it. You have to handcuff these adults or otherwise you do lead to messing up the entire thing.
1: Yeah, but I mean, they're not going to sit down their star players just because they didn't follow the rules, at least a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree. So that's the thing. That's why I asked. How do you think the players will be penalized for breaking COVID protocol? Because there has to be some type of penalty.
1: No video games for you. <laughs> what
0: are they going to cut off their electricity or something? I don't know. Uh, no, no, I, I just take, think-
1: take the system away.
0: And I don't think that all player all players care about those games, so it, it's just it's really going to be a lot of challenges even outside of the actual COVID. But uh, I'll go ahead and ask: um, Do you think that all players will have to order from the same place every night due to the threat of COVID?
1: Um, no, I don't think they'll have to order from the same place. Um, I think it'd be better if they order from different places that way, um, you kind of keep them spread out and, you know, maybe they can bring their food back to wherever. And I'm thinking that they, they will allow them to have maybe very minuscule groups, something like maybe five people. Um, I'm not sure if people are still following that, uh, just like five or 10 people rule or something, but, um, I think different places to order will be better than the same.
0: True. And just to kind of backtrack on that, they are going to have restaurants. This is still Disney. Um, So they'll have restaurants on campus. And they're supposed to have, like, all of these other amenities and things to do for these players when they're not uh, playing basketball or practicing. But uh, I do think there will be a problem with what they crave, the what they want to eat, uh, just things like that. And you even brought up something with the whole make groups of five. Well, who's who's who doesn't make it in a group? Who do you say now? Oh, bro, you can't you can't uh, tag with us, and we we want too many.
1: Hey, I mean, that's just life. It's not fair. <laughs>
0: Real ruthless, though.
1: No, that's real ruthless.
0: But to round this out, we're going to go ahead and cover some major organizations or people who've actually caught COVID and may affect the other actions of these sports, uh, like the Bucks facility having positive COVID cases and not going to be reopened until they travel to the bubble in Orlando, along with in NASCAR, Jimmy Johnson, the six time. Uh, world Series champ has also con- contracted the uh, COVID disease. So with such widespread cases and some in, in the world of sports, should the NBA take a lesson from the other sports and expect an outbreak?
1: Yes, they definitely should. I mean, they really shouldn't think that everything's going to go according to plan, but they should have things in order to make sure things stay close to whatever plan they had. Um, and I think they have done that, S- especially with the way they have people coming in, um, staggering the times, um, testing them multiple times just before they're able to make any contact with anybody. Um, I, they they are doing the best that I think anybody could do in this situation.
0: Agreed. Uh, agreed. I completely agree there. I think the NBA is doing the best about the whole COVID situation um, and taking all precautions, but I do think, I absolutely think they need to slightly some way push this small idea into people's head that there will be an outbreak because I think once the first outbreak happens, whether people are sectioned off or not, there's going to be a pure panic, which may lead to a complete shutdown and everybody going home.
1: Yeah, and that will be unfortunate. And I think I did see somewhere the only way, of course, um, that they shut down is because of the virus and you don't have a season. Um, but it is going to have to be a lot of players that have it for them to shut it down.
0: Agreed. So let's say, God forbid we actually make it to the NBA Finals and for whatever reason, play gets completely shut down. How do you think the NBA should handle who won
1: the season? That's a very hard question. Um, I mean, they say that this this championship will be an asterisk. I mean, it, in that situation, that definitely deserves an asterisk um, because you just didn't get to finish the, the games. Um, so I, I really don't know. <laughs> what do you think is the best way?
0: Um, with this, I don't think they have a choice. If they were able to get that far ahead, if they can get it down to two teams, then they have a chance of at least saying, hey, we're going to just split the difference here. We're we're just going to go with Western Conference champs and Eastern Conference champs and just say it is what it is. We got two champions this year. I think that's their best case scenario, and they may need to... I don't think they even need to put, put that idea out there. I was thinking maybe they need to slightly suggest it to fans so that they it preps their mind. But that may be their best-case scenario to get down to at least two uh, teams, because if they get down to four or even just three with one team waiting, it's, there's no way they can crown three players. Sorry, three teams.
1: Um. I would not want to see two teams win the championship. That just – it's not a good look.
0: (laughs) True, but that's – the loophole is the Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. Actually, in the bubble, are they doing 1 through 30? Or are they they still spreading the West Coast and uh, East Coast?
1: You mean – wait, wait, wait. Actually, I don't know what you mean by that question. You said 1 through 30?
0: Yeah, 1 through 30. Like, uh, are Actually, I think it's 22 teams that will be there. But
1: yeah.
0: are they going to do cross matchups between East and West?
1: Yeah, for that regular season, yes, they are. But for the playoffs, I'm not sure.
0: See, that's the thing I need to check in on. Now, this goes out the window if they're doing cross um, uh, competitions like East is playing West and whatever seed it is on the West, like however you would do the the top team goes with the bottom team and stuff like that. Now, if it does stay East and West, which I think they will do or should do, they can at least say that there's a Western conference finals champ and there's an Eastern conference finals champ. And there is no, uh, na- there is no champion, real full out champion. So it gives a, a slight ups to, an Eastern team who might have felt it was their year, but they get some credit to having a championship, along with making a Western team feel like, dang, we won it all away, but at least we got something.
1: Yeah, but that's a huge asterisk. I mean, for yeah, the yeah, public, but maybe that helps that player.
0: But at least you can say, like, those are defined champions. If you say you're an Eastern Conference final champ and a Western Conference final champ, we just never got to play the other game. I can live with that. And I think the public can, too.
1: I mean, I I guess. um,
0: And then we can just debate for a decade on which team would actually win.
1: uh, I I mean, I I guess. But maybe they can – Whenever the next season does start, they have that game right before. Just one game. That's it. That settles it.
0: <laughs> and yeah, but then who are you really going to say they're the champions when, you know, rosters have changed, all circumstances have
1: changed? You bring those like, players back.
0: Hey, <laughs> for the love of the game. I would want to see a scrimmage game, but um, I think that's the NBA's best plan if they aren't able to get it all the way down, because there's no way anything gets resolved unless it's less than two teams. Anything else, the whole season was a trash, the restart was a trash, and our entire 2020 season is a trash. There is no champion. So best case scenario, if they get to something like that, is hopefully they're down to two teams.
1: I mean, I guess it's, it's hard to see the season right now.
0: Yeah. Completely agree. So I'll go on to the last question, which does involve the whole movement of Black Lives Matter along with um, the full climate of sports. So with professional sports players starting to be shamed for not kneeling or showing outright support for the Black Lives movement, social injustice, has the peer pressure become too much or is it just right for the climate of the world right now?
1: I think this peer pressure is pretty good. Um, now, it makes people feel uncomfortable, but that's how black people have felt since they've been brought to this country. So um, I think it's completely justified. Um, we have to make a change and we have to make sure it's permanent. So uh, we have to keep making change for the better.
0: Agreed. Yes. Um I actually think the peer pressure is too much right now. It's because, mostly because it's not genuine enough. It is forced upon people who agree or don't agree. And if you don't agree or maybe partially agree or on the fence about it and you don't show support, you will be persecuted, as we've seen over the past weekend and two weekends uh, with different. Uh, professional sports. Like, for example, Formula One, they took a kneel. Most players other than four, it was between four to six uh, uh, racers who did not, uh, drivers who did not kneel. And immediately after the national anthem and everybody kneeling, they had to go to Twitter, Facebook, and all these other social media just to defend and let them people know that they weren't racist or they're not, they're, they're not against the movement and all of these other things. So in a way, I do think there is too much peer pressure because it is not producing genuine uh, support.
1: Yeah, I can definitely see it that way. I mean, um, you don't want to persecute somebody just because they maybe they forgot or I mean, they just weren't thinking about it. They're focused on their sport or whatever. So um, oh, they thought for those it. reasons, right. you should you should back off a little bit.
0: I don't I don't believe they didn't think about it because there's no way they could not have not thought about it, especially when you start to see everyone else. There's no way you don't think about it. So it does have to be a very conscious thought not to participate. But there is the reasoning behind not participating. I'm a type of person, just like I, I think maybe some of these other people are, is I'm not about to just do what the entire crowd does because it doesn't come off genuine. I want my situation to come off genuine. And if I'm just in the the midst of everybody else, I'm just following along, I don't show that I really am supporting this cause. This is not the climate for a lot of these professional play, uh, players, racers, whatever, drivers to do that, but... I can understand a possible perception that does would be a reason why they would not partake the way everybody else does. So I, I just, I think it is putting a lot of players in a hard position uh, as one an announcer pointed out earlier on a show. Um, what's going to happen when the NBA, cause the NBA plans on, Playing the black national anthem, quote unquote, because that's actually a hymn, but it's also known as the black national anthem. They plan on playing that in the beginning of the restart. So, what's gonna happen when these players who kneel or they stand for the black national anthem and then they kneel for the actual an- anthem? It then becomes a a oh, so you can stand for this, but you can't stand for that. I think there's a whole Pandora's box that we're about to open, black, white, or otherwise, that's going to be affected by people's actions and non-actions.
1: Yeah, but, um, I mean, that's <laughs> that's just something that they need to figure out within themselves.
0: Very true. Very true. Um, I am not the one in that position, but, hey, this is the climate we're in. Um, it is time for all of America, I guess, to be uncomfortable about the positions they have to take. Um, but this has been so you think you know sports. Uh, this is, last part is just like normal, it is multiple choice. Muhammad comes up with, with the questions. I give you a little bit of commentary on what I do know about it and then try to get the answers right. Go ahead with the first question, Muhammad.
1: In what country was the first NFL regular season game ever held outside of the US? A, United Kingdom. B, Mexico or C
0: Canada. Um, hmm. I I don't even think they've. I think they tried to do it in Mexico, but I don't think it's been in Mexico. So one more time for me with the question and answer.
1: In what country was the first NFL regular season game ever held outside of the U.S.? A. United Kingdom. B. Mexico or C. Canada.
0: I'm going to go with the easy answer because America is just not as friendly to neighbors to the north, sorry, to the south in Mexico as we are to neighbors in the north in Canada. So I would say I'm going to go final answer Canada.
1: That's wrong. I mean, if any answer, I thought you would pick the United Kingdom since they play in London all the time, but it's actually Mexico.
0: Okay. All right. I I just wasn't too sure because there have been so many issues with uh, them getting, playing another game in Mexico. The field is always messed up or not watered. And, you know, it's just been some uh, problems with getting this together with the NFL back into Mexico. So yeah, I'll take that notch against me, but I definitely thought it was Canada.
1: All right. Number two, which of the following NFL teams does not play in his home city, a Philadelphia Eagles, B, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or C, Dallas Cowboys? I know the Dallas
0: Cowboys played in Dallas. Oh, I got to think about that one. Go ahead again with the question and answer.
1: Which of the following NFL teams does not play in its home city? A, Philadelphia Eagles, B, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or C, Dallas Cowboys?
0: Yeah, cause I definitely don't think it's Dallas. I know that it's in Dallas. Um, or is it? Is it in Denton? Is it like right outside of Dallas? It might mess around and be like that. But I'll, I'll just – I'll take the notch against me if I'm wrong. I'll say Tampa Bay.
1: That's wrong. It's Dallas. They're playing Foxworth. No, Foxworth. Arlington.
0: Arlington, God. I know so many cities right around Dallas – you're definitely right. Arlen's in Texas. Dang, I've not seen that so many times on the screen. God dang. <laughs> but go ahead with the last question, Muhammad.
1: Which of the following NBA players leads the league in steals in 2020? A, Russell Westbrook, B, Ben Simmons, or C, Fred Van Vliet?
0: You said steals and what again?
1: Steals currently. Since okay. they last yeah. stopped playing.
0: Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to think this one out. I might go over 3. But go ahead one more time with a question and answer.
1: Which of the following NBA players leads the league in steals in 2020? A, Russell Westbrook, B, Ben Simmons, or C, Fred Van Vliet? Um,
0: I really think it's Fred Van Vliet because... Ben Simmons was hurt for a substantial amount of time. He's a very good defender. It could be very possible. Russell Westbrook, I he might have been up there in the numbers, but I don't think he was number one. So I'll go with Fred VanVleet.
1: That's wrong. It's Ben Simmons. Hmm.
0: Yeah, 0 it's for 3. It's cool. I definitely I had to at least think that one through. Uh, any pure stats on that one?
1: Um, well, he's just slightly above Fred Van Vliet. Um, Fred Van Vliet is at number three. Um, that's all I got. I kind of missed everything else.
0: <laughs> You're fine. You're definitely fine. Either way, i went over 0 for 3. I'll try to do better next time. But this has been So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.